Jerry, all these big companies, they write off everything. You don't even know what a write-off is. Hey! We're recording the podcast! Shut up! Good morning to you, wherever you are, because it is World of War for February 13th, 2024. My name is Bernie Burns, sitting right over there is one day away from being my lovely Valentine, Miss <laughs> Ashley Jenkins. How you doing? I'm, a, I'm anticipating being your Valentine every day of the I year. called you Ashley Jenkins again here, and I called you Ashley Jenkins when we were talking about you and Jeff Keeley hosting the halftime show. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so on yesterday's show, I talked about uh, Jon Stewart coming back, and he debuted last night. Uh, I don't, we haven't talked about this at all, but Tucker Carlson went to Russia to interview Vladimir Putin, uh, for the Tucker Carlson network. Um, and then the other thing was, <laughs> this is going to sound, I'm going to connect all these dots. Trust me. The other thing is Usher took off his shirt during his Super Bowl halftime performance. You can't do that. That's nudity. <laughs> exactly. Now you wouldn't think that all three of those things would be related, but they are enormously related because they all in some way tie together in a weird series of events that caused the creation of YouTube. What will what will they create now? <laughs> Let me explain this. So years ago, I did a speech with the third founder of YouTube. The guys that get a lot of the credit are two guys named Chad and Steve. Uh, there was a third guy named Joed, and he left at some point. I believe, if memory serves, he left to go back to Stanford to pursue his education. Uh, but he was one of the original founders of YouTube. And he did a great talk. Um, there was like a tech week at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. And I was one of the speakers there. And he was one of the speakers. And I went and attended his speech. And man, he told some great stories. The best part about this is that this entire speech is online. So you can go watch it right now if you want to. He talked about the early days of YouTube. And it's a really like off-the-cuff kind of a great presentation. He talked about the inspiration for YouTube were two major events that happened in mass media. One was the Janet Jackson Super Bowl halftime show wardrobe malfunction. And it was an event that once it happened, it was never going to be shown on TV again. And people were desperately searching for a way to see it and watch it again. The other event that was like that was years ago, Jon Stewart appeared on a show called Crossfire that was hosted by Tucker Carlson. Back when Tucker Carlson had a slightly different personality, wore bow ties. Oh my God. That was, I mean, I remember Crossfire. I didn't, I didn't put together that that was. That's the Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Holy and shit. he eviscerated him. He eviscerated him. Jon Stewart did. I honestly, when I look back at that, I always think that like, that's the villain origin story for Tucker Carlson. <laughs> that's what set him on this horrendous path that he ended up going on. But yeah, it was so wild to have like in a one week period, all these different things taking place. That were this weird recipe of things that happened 20 years ago as well that led to the creation of YouTube. Uh, well, so look, I will link that that speech in the uh, linked up so you guys can go check it out. I mean, I guess history is like fashion. It repeats every 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it really is. So the real like, question is what will those ingredients create this time? I don't think anyone is, by the way, I don't think anyone's going out of their way to see Usher with his shirt off. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't, I don't think that. that's not exactly that transgressive, is it? Like, I don't think he was going to listen to this podcast and be like, go, he did what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Try to find that. But uh, it is funny though. Like it, it, I mean, it does, it does illustrate one thing too. Usher whipping his shirt off in its entirety is no big deal to have during the Super Bowl halftime show. It was weirdly inappropriate. I thought like, why is he doing that? But when Janet Jackson had part of her shirt removed, it was a showstopper, an absolute showstopper. It was all anyone could talk about for a month. That wasn't a showstopper. That was a career ender for her. Yeah, it kind of was, wasn't it? It kind of was. And now that Justin Timberlake's been, that's one of the things that the gossip subreddits have been feeding me. They're apparently not a big fan of, uh, of Justin Timberlake either. Cause he's in a, like a beef with Britney Spears now. Yeah. It's because the, the gossip subreddits are all in on Britney Spears. <laughs> she's a, she's a fascinating person to discuss. Very <laughs> fascinating, but I will link that. You can go check it out if you want to. I'm going to, there's another thing I want to recommend you watch today too. I am not very good about linking timestamps in things, but there's an incredible bit where he talks about the early days. Did you know this, Ashley, that one of the things they couldn't get YouTube to get traction. And so one of their marketing strategies was to pay hot girls $50 to post three videos on YouTube. That was legitimately like what we now see is the most revolutionary video platform in the world. It started with dudes in a garage trying to play, pay hot girls to post videos <laughs> on their site. That tracks though. They're like, how, how do we get people to pay attention? We need hot girls. <laughs> and it's so funny, too, because he's got he's got like home videos. Oh, you would know Joed because he's the guy in the video, the first video on YouTube of him at the zoo, the first ever YouTube video. That's him. Wow. OK, so, dude, that's that's his real claim to fame. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's got great behind the scenes videos, too, of like when they're in the garage and YouTube is not taking off and it looks like it's about to die. And they would all just look like they're just nerds, like in a garage, like, man, this sucks. <laughs> and then they go on to like sell it for $1.6 billion or whatever, and they get that done. So it's crazy. And so I'll link that linked up and go check it out. You were talking about nipples earlier, specifically Janet Jackson's and Usher's. Uh, I remember there used to be an Instagram account. I can't find it now, but uh, it was an Instagram account that just posted nipples. Was it like nip slips? No, no, just nipples. And it was specifically, it was trying to call out the double standard of why is it so insane when you see a female nipple versus a male nipple? And because yeah. they're, they're the same thing. They're the same thing. And so it, all it did was it posted pictures of nipples and it was like, guess, is this a male nipple or is this a female nipple? Uh, and I can't find it now, but I love that account. I love that it, it existed. I don't know if it still exists. It might've gotten nuked over, over you know, community guidelines or something over time. It was probably used to train the Instagram, like AI that looks for that kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about the other day too, Ash? What? Um, I was thinking about how we've kind of been like led into this whole world of AI. I was thinking about how it was probably like four or five years ago, there was like a trend where people would post mostly on Reddit. They would say, I fed an AI a bunch of scripts and then had it write a script or I had, you know, I trained an AI by showing it Reddit and then it turned it psychotic. And it was like, yeah. Or like I, like I had know, an like AI for, watch every episode of friends and then write a friend's script. Right. And we kind of took it for granted, but who were these people that had access to these things like four or five years ago? It almost feels oddly like a plant that they were doing these stories 
to get us ready for what was to come and people having access to these things. Yeah, in retrospect, it does feel like that because you just you didn't ask the question, what AI? How are you feeding an AI? You know, a hundred hours of friends. How are you getting it to do this? Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if it turned out those were early like working versions of chat GPT or something. And they were putting those out to test the waters and see how people felt about that generative content. Yeah. Or making it seem kind of innocuous and funny. Right. You know, Um, the other thing too, is like, even if you go through to like the modern versions of chat GPT, I can't train chat GPT. I can't make it like train it to do things right. I can't make it watch a hundred episodes of friends. I think you can put stuff into it and then ask it to, I don't know, you know, process and come back with something else. I think you can put stuff into it, but I don't, I don't know what exactly that looks like. By the way, I got a, um, I got a, an ad essentially on my desktop for windows, uh, where they wanted me to pay $20 a month and have premium access and prioritization for my requests for chat GPT. Have you gotten that kind of thing yet? Uh, I haven't, but I'm not super surprised by it. They, uh, they did have a Super Bowl commercial about Copilot, and Microsoft has been pushing it pretty hard. It's in, like, if you use the Bing search engine, it's in there. Uh, and I keep seeing, like, new things of or little, you know, ads in the Windows taskbar about, like, your new AI Copilot, you know, is there to be your your personal AI. So I see that. So I haven't used it, but um, but I am seeing a lot more of it. And it's not surprising because Microsoft sunk an awful lot of money into OpenAI. I'll be honest. I have very specifically and very purposefully not engaged with any AI chatbots because I'm not quite sure how I want to handle that yet. Are you finding yourself making those same decisions? Uh, I haven't done it yet, mostly because I haven't had a lot of use to do so. I did generate our bios for the website via ChatGPT because I couldn't be asked writing bios for us and what it spit out was hilarious. So I used those. You also read that Sam Altman is trying to raise $6 trillion for to redo like the entire semiconductor industry? Uh, no, I did not see that. Where is he going to get $6 trillion? Who's going to do that? Uh, here it is from Business Insider. Uh, This is an article by Kate Natapolis. Kate writes, the Wall Street Journal (laughs) reports, a lot of people reporting and other people reporting, that OpenAI CEO Sam Altman has met with officials from the United Arab Emirates to pitch his plan to build lots and lots of new chip factories. The cost between five and seven trillion dollars. Well, I can see why he went to the UAE for that then. Well, he's trying to raise uh, more money than the market cap value of Apple and Microsoft combined. This is this is an ambitious plan. It's a very ambitious plan. Good luck, buddy. That's wild. They actually lay out here what this means to raise that amount of money. How much is this? Consider this. The U.S. gross domestic product is $23 trillion. The U.S. federal budget for the 2022 fiscal year was $6.3 trillion. Uh, the cost of the U.S. war in Afghanistan through 2022 was $2.3 trillion. That's insane. So he wants to raise three Afghanistan wars? Ashley, adjusted for inflation, it's more than the U.S. spent to fight World War II by like 50% more. It's insane. It's an insane amount of money. And it's so weird that this guy would think I could just put that out there. The dude must be really riding the high from surviving that coup. 
Well, that's the other thing too about these, like, I assume he's a billionaire, these celebrity billionaires. Where did Sam Altman come from? Because we were learning about him as being involved with Reddit and stuff. It's weird how they kind of like slowly emerge over time. Like, I feel like him getting fired from OpenAI was that was his moment, like almost like a debutante coming out. I'm sure people have heard of Sam, Sam Altman who followed technology, but he really was not on my radar until he got fired from OpenAI. Are you in the same boat? Yeah, I, I went and read back up on him afterwards and was like, oh, he was involved in that. That's crazy. Uh, but yes, I didn't, I, I knew the name, but I didn't, it wasn't one of those names that like, it didn't stick. It didn't have any particular meaning to me uh, until he got fired and that whole saga kicked off. And it's weird how that works, isn't it? Because like, I wasn't aware of Elon Musk in his PayPal days. I was very aware of PayPal, but I never heard the name Elon Musk. And it wasn't until... You know, he acquired Tesla or got involved with Tesla because he didn't found Tesla. Um, but once he basically took it over, that's when I think I first started to hear about Elon Musk was at that point. Or maybe it was SpaceX. No, nah, it must have been Tesla. Must have been Tesla first. I think the the first thing that I remember hearing about him um, that that sticks in my memory, at least, is, oh God, this wasn't even that long ago. This was So I was working at IGN and there was a Tesla in the parking garage. And a bunch of us went to look at it because they were brand new. They were brand, brand new. And so we went to look at it and it was like, ooh. And someone specifically pointed out the handles that would, um, what is it they're called? Present the handle, the handles that would pop out when you get near it with the key. And that was like the first, that's like, that's like the first thing that I associate with him is the door handles that come out. Door handles. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the one who's going to be funding your Super Bowl halftime show next year. So. <laughs> <laughs> While we're talking about celebrity billionaires too, though, I saw somebody posted in the subreddit, there was a meme they posted about, you know, them recycling their plastic cups and being happy about that. And then behind the, the meme was behind them was this big hulking beast of a guy. And it was like, the label was a celebrity billionaire on her private plane flying around, like completely negating all their efforts in recycling. <laughs> it, it is one of those things where it's easy to like, dismiss your own efforts when there's somebody who else who could do more. If you really want to get infuriated, I'm going to put in the link dump and you should definitely listen to this NPR story from 2020. It talks about the myth of plastic recycling, how people go through all this effort to recycle plastic and it's just not recycled. And you're thinking, Oh no, Oh, you, I know this program because you've listened to this program. You listened to it like there were a couple of days you listened to it on repeat. You, If you listen to this, and you should, it's very informative and it's a good thing for all of us to know. Uh, it will also probably mentally fuck you up. So maybe it, it will. Ha have your coffee first and don't don't listen to this until you're ready to have your day ruined. Listen to it, but but just prepare yourself. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because it really does. It completely changed my perspective on what I'm doing personally. But it also, though, Ashley, it shifted my, uh, you know, my ideas of sustainability are re reduce, reuse, recycle. And for years, for decades, we've all been so focused on the recycle part of it when really the most effective parts of it are the reduce part is easily the most effective part. And then barring that, reusing stuff and then if you can't reuse it then recycle it and everyone is just doing the recycling my dad who grew up in the the depression era like he my dad was born in 1930 it's really odd because he had kids late um he grew up in the depression and whenever i would talk to him about recycling he would just say you're just 
throwing things away in a blue trash can as opposed to a brown trash can. I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Go listen to this article about plastic recycling and the myth of plastic recycling. It'll shock you at first and you'll get very mad about it, but then you can actually realize things that you can do and how you can change things you're doing if you actually are interested in sustainability. And I was going to say, this meme is like, we do get distracted by these celebrity billionaires flying around in their private plane, but when you realize that there's just an entire industry that is faking plastic recycling, that'll make you way matter, way matter. That is the hulking beast in the room. So yeah, we will link that in the link dump. I ask you, I'm asking you to watch this or listen to this one. Please go listen to this. Uh, it's an NPR. Uh, it's from, it's Planet Money uh, and it's called Wasteland. It's from September, 2020. That's it. And who it's Laura Sullivan and Sarah Gonzalez. I please, I'm asking you if you, only listen to one other thing. In fact, skip tomorrow. Don't listen to our podcast. Go listen to this instead. It will shock you, but hopefully it'll shock you in a good way, which you can realize. If we if we dispel myths, I think that's a good thing regardless, uh, as long as it doesn't drive people towards apathy. And hopefully it won't do that to you. Speaking of apathy, Ashley, um, I saw a lot of people really disappointed that Warner Brothers has decided, eh, Maybe we won't release the movie we made. <laughs> yeah, I'm again. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit confused about this, and I've been confused about this as the saga has been unfolding. So this is not Batwoman, the other movie that they shelved, but but Coyote and uh, versus Acme, which was a, a movie like a live action blended animation film uh, that they've created. And as far as I know, it's basically complete. Uh, and then last year they announced that they were just going to shelve it. Uh, and there was huge outrage and they said, okay, well, uh, then we'll, we'll give the filmmakers the opportunity to, uh, shop the, to shop the movie around and see if anyone else is willing to buy it. Uh, and then they did. And from what I understand, they received a bunch of offers, all of which they rejected and in including things like, um, like South by Southwest wanted to program the film for their film festival. And they said, nah, um, which that programming probably would have courted more potential buyers. And they're back to just, I think we're going to delete it. So here's an article from Screen Rant, and this is Nick Bythrow reporting. Uh, just the bullet points here. Warner Brothers has reportedly decided to permanently shelve the film Coyote vs. Acme, despite initial plans to sell it to streaming services. Uh, executives like CEO uh, David Zaslov never watched the full movie, highlighting their lack of interest in the project. Warner Brothers rejected counteroffers from interested buyers and negotiations for the film fell apart. That's all according to Screen Rant. Yeah, but it's weird to me that they that they would even walk back though we're canceling it and if they had no intention to sell it. Um, and it's hard to tell, you know, as all this is happening, what um, what the reality is, because there's so much like reportedly and allegedly and we're hearing. But uh, one of the things that we're hearing is that they wanted like 75 to 80 million dollars for the movie from um, from another studio to buy it. But they were they weren't taking any sort of counter offers. Uh, and then after they did all this under protest, they said, "Nah." I don't I'll be honest. I'm not sure I understand the strategy. Oh, it even says here it was written by James Gunn. That's wild. Um, and he's a huge contributor to Warner Brothers through the DC universe now. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and I don't under, I maybe you just shouldn't be able to get a tax write down for it. I mean, I don't know how you rewrite tax code to outsmart the Hollywood accountants, but um it it just and everything about it feels wrong. 
it's also just like how much can you possibly write down for something like this too because you know it seems like even just releasing it in any format even if you throw it up on your streaming service and don't market it in any way you don't have any prints you don't have any advertising you just throw it up on your streaming service you're gonna be able to get something back out of it that's got to be better than a tax write-off but maybe maybe not maybe not maybe i'm sure these accountants that did it didn't just do it willy-nilly i'm sure they looked at it and ran the numbers and it makes sense in some way but it's hard to imagine how that works out i mean and especially if all they needed was 75 80 million dollars well our condolences go out to wiley coyote you managed to survive everything a rocket flying into a wall falling off a cliff but you couldn't survive hollywood accountants go figure sorry about that buddy all right, well, that does it for us today, February 13th, 2024. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day, so run out and grab something last minute for your lovely little Valentine. We will be back to talk to you tomorrow. We hope you'll be here as well. Bye, everybody.